Welcome to Rick Radio Community News Desk, episode 53. I'm Mick Hanley. Later in the programme, we talk with Ava Dixon and Emma Gannon from Ricky's Youth Service about their forthcoming bingo fundraiser to coincide with International Women's Day on the 8th of March. Now joining me now is uh, health and life coach uh, Helen Walsh. Uh, and Helen, you're very welcome to the programme uh, today. Um, I suppose looking at uh, our introduction to you, uh, you were in News 4, an article in News 4. And of course, one of our previous guests, uh, Caelan Robinson, had mentioned that you were mentoring him. He, he's a young lad that is doing exceptionally well and set up a, a new company. So from that, uh, we were looking at your website, which is very, very good indeed. And uh, great to have you here to tell us all about your life and your times and what exactly you do. And I'm sure that's something that uh, you're very interested in yourself, uh, life coaching. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I didn't start off that way. Uh, no, like like most people who grew up in the area, I grew up on Grand Canal Street up the road there. And we would have had a few little jobs by the time we were 11 or 12. And we, you know, I had the newspaper around and I had the pack and sweets and I had the whatever. I probably had more disposable income yeah, <laughs> when I yeah, was younger yeah. than I do now. And um but I and then Flashdance was on the TV and Fame was on the TV. There'd be loads of people listening to this now who won't remember that or know what it is. Google <laughs> I it. I remember it. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was an amazing time. But the leotard and the anchor warmers and all, and I just thought, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. My parents had other ideas for me, as they did, you know, go get into Tesco or Quinsworth at the time. Keep your nose clean, make management, you know, that, and that was the sort of thing. So I, I went to Quinsworth in Merion when they just opened Pretty 30 good, odd yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. And I was one of the first on the Dales and I hated it every minute of it. I loved the people, but I'd be murdered for chatting. <laughs> All the time. So I'd be yeah, on the checkout yeah. and I'd be having a chat, particularly if an elderly person came in, I'd make time for them and I'd, you know, have the chats. And so that didn't last. I was like, Mum, look, it's not what I want to do. I really want to do this. I was like, all that jumping around will be bad for you or whatever. And to credit Marion, who is from the area. Marion used to run a little class in the fitness community centre across the way here. And we'd all go in and measure. <laughs> we'd get on the weighing scales. I think I was seven stone two or something ridiculous or whatever. We were in, teenagers. And we do our exercise, we'd have our weight, and then we go for a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> a way the, to do it. On the way home. Yeah. So there was no concept of nutrition or really looking after yourself. You just went for the fun, you know. We do yeah. the same with yeah. the swimming, down to sports go, and then chips on the way home. On the way home. Yeah. But anyway, um, I really wanted to do it, so I just worked a couple of jobs and raised the money to the course was £1,200 at the time. Now, you can imagine in 19... 88 or 1989 you know that was a huge amount of money and but we did it and a friend of mine joined me on the course in Lytton Lane in Dublin and we became gym instructors and aerobics teachers when it was 
really sort of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit Wasn't like too many doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit like being the air hostess back in the day. You know, yeah, there was sort yeah. of a little bit of coolness about, it. and it was really well. They were really well run. The gyms there was very little of them, and but you're as staff, you were really treated well and. Like all this sexism and all that you see going on in a lot of places now, we never had any of that. We just went in and we all worked as a team and we all worked together and we had a great time. Probably partied a little bit more than we worked at the time. Yeah. But I, I, I literally never looked back. I yeah. would set up local classes. I always had the what was called trim and tone classes. So you come in and you'd do your measure as well and have your dance class. It was always the 80s music. Um, we still do a class, would you believe, 30 years later? With 80s, yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. Music, the 80s yeah, stuff. Yeah. And we still, we're online now, we do it. Um, but just that sense of community was always amazing. And it was fantastic because you'd see the women coming in and they'd start to change. And the little bit of lippy would start to go on after a couple of weeks. And then the hairstyle might change. And then they might start wearing different clothes. And that I loved that. And I was always fascinated then with what happens in your head when you physically change who you are. And I always believed you could start over any day you wanted. Yeah. So I decided anyway, I wasn't very good at school. Um, I didn't realize I had dyslexia and all sorts of things. And I I've sort of had no comprehension of really what that was. But I went and I did the counseling course in Maynooth University while I was working. And I became, uh, I had a certification in counselling and I remember coming out and thinking I don't want to sit listening to problems all day long and not move on it you know I want to move yeah and again television played a big part in my life because Dr. Phil was on the telly and it was all reality therapy with him so it was coaching basically but I didn't know what that was at the time and I did my first coaching course 24 years ago and there weren't really many coaches in Ireland you could count on your two hands the yeah, amount of yeah, coaches yeah. now it's everywhere you know now people take their profession and then move on to become a coach in their field so it's great we're not big on coaching in ireland like we go down and have a pint with our mates and sort out the problems of the world you yeah, know yeah but we're getting better because it's starting to really have a place and um, particularly like the health coaching because somewhere between you're not really knowing where to start and maybe the gp or, you know, ended up having medical tests. There's a, a space in the middle of that hmm. where I would come into play. So I'd sit down and I'd say, right, Mick, what have you eaten for the last week? I won't tell you. <laughs> I, I could nearly tell looking at people what they've eaten. And it's not even nothing to do with their size is the coloring and everything in their face. You become so tuned in from training people for 30 years to seeing all those things. So you say, OK, look. There's a bit of darkness under here, your liver. I'm not talking about Mick, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, this is this the sort of thing. Yeah. So you go, okay, there's a bit of darkness under your eyes. Liver, kidneys, probably under a little bit of pressure. So you need to drink more water. Something yeah. really simple like that can be a game changer for somebody who's going around dehydrated. You're dehydrated, you can have headaches, you can have the jitters, you, can, you won't sleep properly, you don't digest your food properly. Huge. So yeah. you having those few glasses of water is a game changer. And I have to say, I'm not a great water drinker, even though I ran marathons and all that. 
I still am not a good water drinker. Okay, so we're you sorting might see that. It in eyes or whatever. We're sorting uh, that today, mate. I'm not going home without a promise. <laughs> but here's the thing. Let me give you a tip on the water, right? And this is where people go wrong. Because they go from either drinking no water to trying to drink two and a half litres of water. Yeah. That's a whole other job. Okay? Don't bother. Unless you're a sports person or you're on a lot of medication, you don't need to be taking a huge amount of water. <clears throat> Excuse me. A glass of water before your breakfast, one before your lunch, one before your dinner. It gets to be like brushing your teeth. It's just a habit. Yeah. That's going to change the game. Your stomach gets a little clean out before you put any food in. It tells your brain there's food coming. Like, it's brilliant. It, it really has... I've seen people's lives change because they've been going around dehydrated and didn't realise. That's probably a litre of water, I would say. It's a tree. Yeah. Decent glasses might be. Yeah, three quarters enough. of a litre to a litre. Yeah, yeah, so it's not a huge yeah. ask. You know, if you are sitting somewhere working during the day where you've access to particularly a bathroom, then just put your bottle of water in front of you and sip at it. Yeah. All day long. As you say, most companies as well would have the dispenser, the water dispenser there. Very near, if not, as you said, a tap. Yeah, uh, but it's a game changer. And if anyone is listening and hasn't been drinking the water, I would just say to you, look, just for try it for a week and see how you feel. I yeah. guarantee you at the end of the week, you'll say, geez, I didn't know I could actually feel better. Or I didn't know I could feel that. So very simple things. So that's where the health coach would come in with things like that. Very simple. It's not about going in and saying, right, for some people, they might say, I want to change my life. I want to go in a different direction. I'm sick and tired of my life and the way it is. And I'd say, OK, let's get a plan together and baby steps. Yeah. Nothing is going to turn around in 24 hours except your head. And that's the important bit. You have to have made that decision. Um, so anyway, to go back to the story, I did all the training and got headhunted by a few different places. I was really lucky with the places I worked. I worked in a place called Pat Henry's. I used to manage his gym. Yeah. And it was a bit like the lilies of Dublin, <laughs> like in that anyone that came in to make films or whatever would come in the door. So you just didn't know who was going to walk in the door. And sure, I didn't know who any of them were. <laughs> Because <laughs> we didn't have the same access, obviously, that yeah, you have, yeah. that you have the world in your hand now and you're having it in your phone. And so, like, I'd be having these conversations. I remember bringing Aidan Quinn back after being out on a coffee break and meeting him in a cafe because he wanted a gym. And I brought him back and I said, here you go, blah, blah, blah. And my boss called me over and he said, where the hell did you pick up Aidan Quinn <laughs> from? And I said, who? And I would have watched Aidan Quinn in like Legends of the Fall and stuff. Yeah, and God, yeah. God, he's a fine thing. <laughs> you know, he's a lovely man. <laughs> and didn't realise. And I, I, yeah, so that happened to me loads. Yeah, I remember yeah. I, I sat and had a, a whole hour's conversation with David Bowie and had no clue who he was. I don't believe. I swear to David God. David Bowie. Yes. <laughs> I knew he was a VIP. Yeah. Because yeah. of all the fuss that was going on around me. It was over in the factory. He was, yeah. we were in for, I was, in doing some birthday class or, or whatever. And he was in with Mark Cagney that used to do the, the TV. And just sitting, having a great old chat with him and fascinated by his eyes and just thinking he's a really lovely man. And then Mark again said to me at the end of it, like, what did you talk to Bowie about? And I said, no, his name's not Bowie, his name is David. And then I went, oh my God. <laughs> and he dropped. Yeah. And yeah. then... 
another situation from that was I went literally went to my first international game down Lansdowne Road. Imagine living beside Lansdowne Road and that was my first game. Mick McCarthy was sitting on my right. Larry Mullen from U2 was sitting on my left. And I didn't know who did the where I was so busy giving out about the stretching. I was like, oh, my God, they're ballistically stretching. It's so bad. This day and age, they haven't changed. So anyway, I had this big rant about the players not looking after themselves. And then I got a call the following Monday from principal management and I was headhunted to train two of the boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was with them for a couple of years. Uh, and that was great, was great fun. But at the end of the day, whether someone's famous, whether someone works down the road in the local shop, it doesn't matter because we all have our lumps and bumps. Yeah. We yeah. all want to get the best from our life. So that means looking after ourselves a bit better, you know, and training a bit better. Obviously, it's their job to look a certain way. So mm. they put more time into it. So they train a couple of hours a day. And if I said, look, you're going to have to stand on your head for two and a half hours away, they do it because yeah, that's just part of where they're at and they're determined to, to look after themselves and do well. And tell me, like moving forward to current, you know, obviously yeah. COVID was a tough time for people, yeah. both from a health point of view and from a head point of view um, as well. And we, we've, we've heard so much about obesity in, in children and, and that. So all what you're saying to me here, a little bit, little bit, little bit at the right time can help people because GP appointments are hard to get these days. Hugely you know, difficult. Every two weeks you could, and, and yeah. basically a lot of it is down to maybe looking after yourself. That well, I better. honestly think we've no choice now. I really do believe that. I think that if, you know, the way the medical profession is going and then, you know, you might go in somewhere and they're in a hurry or they're whatever and there's stuff maybe been missed you know at times I had two misdiagnoses with illnesses that I had so I I think that we have a responsibility we own these bodies let's yeah. just what can we do to help ourselves and again really small things can have a long-term really big impact now if you have children or whatever the old you know criteria trying to get them to eat the vegetables and stuff is can be a nightmare so but they will watch what you do with a fine tooth comb and they will copy you eventually. So if you're like saying, right, these carrots are mummies or daddies, you're not having any. They're mine. Yeah, I want them. I want them. If you're having them, I want them. So you yeah, do have to yeah. use a little bit of psychology, psychology with them. Yeah, yeah. And then even at that, you might not have to. You might have to blend it into something to get the nutrition into them. But the kids are eating so much crap, it's unreal. Um, I think the air fryers came in then. And of course, that was all They're great. great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have one Throw yet. them I in and away you go. But yeah, but then yeah. the tendency is that, you know, the chicken nuggets and the waffles yeah, and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And monosodium glutamate and all sorts of other stuff in it. You know, yeah. as I say, anything that has a jar life of three years, <laughs> you're not getting any energy from it. You, yeah, you're not yeah. getting anything from it. So it's just, I wish I could... For people who say their their diet is bad, I wish I could show them how simple it is to, to make small changes. And I also want them to, to know how they're going to feel. Yeah. There's a difference in your energy that's absolutely fantastic. You will get out. I'm not saying you're going to hop out of the bed going, yay, it's a great day. 
you won't. But there's a difference in your energy getting up. There's a difference in how you do things. And it'll be very subtle. You'll go to pick something up and all of a sudden it's not a big deal or a big strain and your stomach's not getting in the way and you're yeah. not. This is not about being skinny. And I think that has to be a really important point. Yeah. Make, yeah you know, yeah, it's yeah. not about that. It's not about size. You can be any size you want and still look after your health. You can still, you know, stretch every day and loosen out your back. And we don't look after our back. That's another thing. So, again, just small, small, small steps. Some of the groups that I ran during COVID on Facebook um, I wanted to try and take whatever skills I had and help. And I set up a few groups or whatever. They'd just be challenges. So I'd say, okay, for the next three days, you're not to eat sugar. Oh, my God. The amount of people who went into full on blown detox, <laughs> like the headaches, the shakes, the whole whatever. And I said, okay, you might go back to eating your chocolate and your sweets and your sugar. But know that that's the effect it's having on you. If that's your reaction to coming off it. That's what it's doing to your body. So maybe if you half it and just have half. Now, some people, it's a bit like saying to someone who's off drink, there's a little whiskey for you and you'd be grand, don't have any more. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't work with everybody. There's full on chocolate addiction and that's a different matter. And that is really close to medical. Um, but for the most part, it's habit. Have a cup of tea, 11 o'clock, so I'll have a bun. Three yeah. o'clock in the afternoon, I'm feeling a bit tired. Ah, I'll have Twix and a cup of tea. Nighttime, I'm bored. I'm looking at the soaps or maybe I'm, you know, just back from my walk and I deserve something because I've had a really hard day. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that, yeah. That's sort yeah. of, I'm worth that. I deserve it. And you get yourself a little treat. So pay attention to the habits. What are you telling yourself around the treats and the stuff? Um, when I grew up, my mother had a disability. She had chronic rheumatoid arthritis. So there's a lot of things she couldn't do for us. We were never... You know, left yeah, without yeah, anything. Yeah. But for example, walking us to school. So my mum used to say, go to the door and say, off you go. There's a penguin bar for the, the walk. Then you'd come home for your lunch. And she'd after making you chips or something or whatever. And there's another little bun for the walk back. Yeah. Now, because I was in the fitness industry, probably I never had that issue. With weight till I end up. I had a, a pituitary growth when I was 30. And that's when my weight changed. Yeah, biologically yeah. but up until that I got away with eating like I remember being addicted to cream eggs <laughs> yeah yeah cream no, eggs serious addiction yeah. like yeah, it was yeah. you'd have six or eight of them a day oh no because we were teaching three aerobics <laughs> classes and thinking sure I'm burning it off yeah we'd no real concept of okay but you're lashing your muscles with glucose yeah you know you're not giving yourself any recovery for your muscles you're not looking after your muscles and I, I'm really surprised that I'm at the age I'm at without bits falling off <laughs> because we did so much damage, you know, back then. Back then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it was only really when I got into training people for competition and stuff that I really paid attention then to nutrition and we started really looking at protein and carbohydrates and what all that meant. And it's so easy for people now because they have it on their phone. Yeah, that's know? true. Yeah. What is carbohydrate? Steps. What is what protein? Is yeah, Just yeah, have a little yeah. look you know yeah, yeah. educate yourself accessible. and yeah, yeah and we are more educated and so we really should have less excuses yeah however life has got much tougher hasn't it probably has maybe it you depends. know we've all, there's yeah, always yeah. been something to worry about and to you know 
you'd have the recession. Life was tough in the 80s here as well. The 70s yeah. and 80s were yeah. very tough. And but people always had that passion. I think something died off during COVID. It was like that. Oh, God, do we dare to hope again that life is going to go back to normal or be OK or whatever? And so I don't care. I'm having the cake. Yeah. Yeah. True. I'm having the extra beer to hell with it and whatever. And I did it myself. I absolutely did it. Hands up. I did it myself. And, you know, and now I just go, we have an obligation to ourselves to really put a value on ourselves. Well, we are coming out, thankfully. Yeah. um, Yeah. Little by little. I know for some people it is taking that bit extra time kind of thing to get back to maybe full normality. But, and look, people who have COVID, people who get cancer, people who, you know, have all these things. Some I heard this guy the other day and he runs all these weight loss courses and stuff. And he said about breast cancer being, you know, oh, it loves fat people. And it lo- what? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's not to do with that. So, OK, you are, you know, a bit more at risk of things if you are carrying a bit of extra weight or whatever. Yes, the, the body with adipose tissue and, and fat in it is more susceptible to stuff. But at the end of the day, that's nothing to do with whether you get COVID or not. Yeah, that's nothing yeah. to do with whether you get cancer, cancer or not. Much, yeah, yeah. So we have to be very clear that you give yourself the best possible outcome by yeah. looking after yourself. But it's also just part of your self-esteem and yeah, feeling good yeah, about yourself. True, true. While you're doing the the, the, life, the health side of things there as well, what about the mentoring side, like when Caelan came in to us and said that oh, you were, so what happened? Know, is that a business side? Yeah, like no, obviously I, he started up a new business and he was telling us that, but I'm kind of intrigued by the, the mentoring side yeah. for coaching for business. Okay, so where that came from was Inner City Enterprise. Yeah. Um, I had left a very difficult situation just over 10 years ago. I had an injury. I decided, oh my God, okay, I starting from scratch all over again and I'm going to have to put something together that I can look after myself and work properly. So it involved setting up my business. And I remember going into the chat with lovely guy, Paul, in Inner City Enterprise and saying, okay, right, I need to do this. And he said, Helen, you need to go away and look after yourself for a month or two. He said, you know, you're coming out of this crisis. And he said, just keep t- keeping your notes and doing your research and whatever, and you'll be ready in two months. And I remember going on the back to enterprise um, thing. It was incredible support. Inner city enterprise. I couldn't, I just couldn't say enough things about them. I'd actually get emotional. They were so kind to me. They turn up just to meet you for a coffee every week or any courses that were going, come on, Helen, do this. You'd be good at this. And the encouragement, because I had no self-esteem at that stage. Everything got wiped. Yeah. And I'm living proof that you can come out the other side of those situations because, but sometimes you need someone to pull your bootstraps up for you a little bit. And I wasn't able to do it for myself, but they did it and they were amazing. So I will always, they've only to pick up the phone and say to me, listen, I have a lad or I have somebody who wants a bit of mentoring or whatever. I'm like, delighted. So, so that's how I was introduced to Caelan. And the interesting thing with Caelan was Catherine rang me from, and she said so I have this chap and he wants a man and he wants someone who's qualified in the fine arts and he wants whatever and but I think you're the best mentor for him I said but the chap doesn't want me (laughs) he wants all these other things and I'm not any of those she said trust me 
this is the right match. So we had a, a Zoom call and hit it off straight away. I love Caleb. I love his energy. He's hungry to do well in his life. He is so authentic. And that's the real secret. Yeah. It's with an somebody. story, lovely story yeah. to, to listen to. Yeah, but just um, she's so yeah. real. There's no, uh, as I used to say, my little saying, he was really real. Yeah, really real. Really <laughs> real. He did, there's no there's no BS with him. He just does what he needs to do and gets on. And I'd say, okay, Caleb, I think we should go this direction. And he doesn't even, he just go, okay, we'll try that. Yeah. And it mightn't be what he thought about, but he's quite happy to take a bit of guidance on it and it's working out for him and he's, you know, there's contracts and all sorts of stuff coming up for him now that he deserves every bit of. You know, he's brilliant. Absolutely. And we wish him well with it yeah. too. Um, it's a labour of love in many ways, what you're doing, Helen, for you uh, as well. So, you know, the juggling side of it is, you know, getting paid for what you do. Yeah, and yeah. the other side is giving or whatever. And with that, you have kind of a pass it on, as you call it. To, uh, I suppose it's an opportunity for you maybe to give back to, yeah. to different I groups think, and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit the, the past. I think no matter what I did, like I went down from the counselling to do the coaching course. I did a diploma in child psychology. I did cognitive behavioural therapy. So your job becomes about helping people all the time. So then there's a bit of guilt about, oh, my God, OK, even though this is my skill set, I see people in trouble and I want to help them. So it was hard to charge prices at times yeah, yeah. and some people just come up and assume you won't charge them anyway because you know you're out there as helping people and whatever so so that was a really difficult one for me personally to try and find the balance and then I remember watching an Oprah Winfrey show I was sick one day with the flu and I was watching Oprah Winfrey and I saw all these children and they were collecting items and then giving them where they're needed I thought oh my god I love that concept because I had done loads of fundraising stuff over the years through the fitness and everything, like for various different charities. And I was never really happy about. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I know we have to give to charities and it's important to support them or whatever. But for me, I wanted to actually see a difference with what we were doing. So I thought I could do that. And I remember there was the, the Kosovo war was going on at the time. And I said, OK, so who has coats, towels, blah, blah, blah. And being inundated with people who had stuff that wanted to give items rather than just the money yeah we filled 10 potato sheds and had to get the army in <laughs> to pack them up to send them off on the convoys and it was incredible and i thought okay now there is the power of community so people get together to give away something that they're finished with or something small that they do and it'll have a huge impact so pass it on was born that's where it started and i started doing hampers and over Christmas time, um, people would knock on the door and say, there's a family down there stuck and we'd put them on the list and whatever. And it's just sort of blown. We have Operation Snowball every year now. And about 600 people get looked after in that. Fabulous. So yeah. one of the shelters nearby here, um, they would, there wouldn't have been, Santa Claus might have flown over a few times and missed him. Yeah, and I was yeah. really upset about that. So now he doesn't. Now he knows exactly where, where to, to land yeah, and all yeah, the kids good. get looked after. Yeah. And the women get care packs for Christmas Eve. They get new pajamas and new towels and new whatever. So what I say to people is, look, pick a snowball color. So that might be pink. So a pink snowball means that you're going to go out and buy pajamas and toiletries for this one person. 
So that's your present. And then I give it where it's needed. Yeah. So it's brilliant. And we have Santa Claus come in and we always have have a lovely time. And um, Sedgwick's down at the end of the, the Marion Strand there at the end of the beach road always give us the premises to do it. Oh, brilliant. And yeah, so we have a drive yeah. in, yeah. drive out. Santa meets everyone. Jonathan yeah. Smith is amazing. He's, he donates his time every year. And do you have other events going on throughout the year? I'm kind yeah, of thinking we Easter's have, coming up. And yeah, we have. We usually things, do yeah. the, the um, homeless dinners. So yeah. I say to people, you buy four homeless dinners for a tenner. And people yeah. would do. So we do the, the golden basket at Easter. One of my favorites is Valentine's Day because we get 101 Valentine cards. Um, so people so say, make you get me a Valentine card and you put a little note of hope. Yeah, or yeah. kindness in it and a fiver and it goes to somebody who's in trouble on the day so they get 550 600 quid yeah to help yeah. them with their bills or whatever they're struggling with and but they get all the cards and there's people who i've given that to over the years that have made walls out of the cards, the cards. Saved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's funny it has a life of its own because people always say, oh, turn it into a charity or turn it into and I don't want to. Yeah. It's yeah, a social yeah. initiative and it's about just the right person always comes to me when I, I find the person that needs it the yeah. most and they get it. And then something else might happen. We donated um, into one of the, the units in town for children's lunches on Valentine's Day. We covered 80 kids for that out of another donation that just came in at the last minute. So people just give me stuff and it might be someone say, I've finished with that telly, Helen, do you have anyone who needs our family that needs it? Or we collect clothes at different times for the homeless or we do. So it's all year end. It happens all year end. Yeah, great. And I love it. It's my baby sort of. Yeah. yeah, In the grand absence of having 10 children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's my baby. Absolutely. Tell me this uh, on your website. Obviously, it's uh, HelenWalsh.ie. I think it's the website that people get you. I noticed as well that you you kind of have a call, a 15 minute call. Is that for? Yeah, that's free. Just someone can ring you up and just. Yeah. And look, the thing to know about me is I don't do the hard selling. Yeah. You know, sometimes you see 15 minute calls on websites and stuff and it's about them trying to convince you to part with your money. Yeah. I would spend 15 minutes talking to you to see if I can help you. Yeah. And if I can do something that doesn't cost you much money, that's what I'll do for you. And if you are somebody that needs it, like their payment plans and all can be worked out and stuff like it doesn't have to. I never really want that to be an issue with people. I was stopping them to move forward if they're ready because sometimes it's just having the right person at the right time can be a game changer. And I know that even working in the YMCA over the years on the different projects, we'd have the lads who the just lads program that came out of prison. You'd see it in their faces in one sentence, someone would say one thing to them and there'd be a little click. And the little click was, I'm never going back. Yeah. Yeah. Now it wouldn't be all of them. There's yeah. not, you know, it wasn't yeah. a high percentage even, but there were, you see it in their face as it was happening. And that to me is mind blown. So that's why I do what I do, because I love it. And the mentoring, the, the coaching, it all ties into my value system. Yeah, yeah. Which is that we support and help as many people on this planet as we can while we're here. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So the best place to contact you is, is through the website. Yeah, you can come into the website. Alan my Walsh, number's Donald, on there yeah, or my yeah, email, email address. And, uh, yeah, or I'm on, on all the, the socials as people are Which sick of me. <laughs> and of course, uh, the books are there as well for people as well that... If they, if yeah, they I wrote to. two digital books just during COVID because I really wanted to help people with practical stuff that they could be doing for their mental health. Yeah. Um, and we've another uh, program coming up soon. I think next week, next Monday is the Mediterranean Diet and Body program <laughs> on Facebook. So, again, I've kept it really reasonable. It's like 25 quid. You get your food plan. You go into the group if you want to and you have the support of me the whole time you're in the group. And it's just to get people to try new things. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you might decide, oh, actually, in my air fryer now, I'm going to do my sweet potatoes instead of my chips <laughs> or whatever. And just see those little small yeah, things. Yeah, they might a difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Oh, Mick, you're on my hit list now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Helen, thanks a lot for coming in anyway to us today and to tell us all about it. And uh, as I say, it's uh, helenwalsh.ie is your website. And uh, we wish you all the best for the future oh, and, that was uh, so lovely Mick thank you so much I really appreciate it come and join us at our retro cafe open weekdays from 10 until 2 here in the community centre come and check out our Karen's culinary delights you are listening to the community news desk on Rick Radio well, joining me on the community news desk this week is uh, Ava Dixon and Emma Gallon. And Ava and Emma are from Ringsend Irish Town's Community Centre's Ricky's Youth Service, uh, which is actually based uh, just down the road from us here on Torncastle Road, uh, out by Irish Town. And uh, Ava, Emma, you're very welcome to uh, the programme today. Um, you're here to talk about uh, a fundraiser you're having for an International Women's Day uh, in the centre. But uh, first of all, um, could you just tell us a little bit about International Women's Day and what it means to you. So International Women's Day is about bringing up women's rights and issues that we've struggled with, with trying to get equality and how we struggle with violence and abuse. And it's just bringing attention to everything and stuff around that. It celebrates how far women have come from years ago. And do you think it's your your boat? Young, do you think it's a very important day to, to celebrate? Yeah, because it's about International Women's Day. Not only is it history, like some of it is, I still more needs to be more attention needs to be brought. So I think us young people, showing people like that we care about it can open people's eyes. And certainly from from yourselves in in Ricky's, the 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 women are very prominent because you have the waffling. Uh, podcast as well which we put out here on the Rick Radio and that's usually three three your your three girls or three women from from Ricky's as well so that's important and uh, for their peers yeah 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 and that and and do you do you get involved with that I donate two times before yeah I think and once was on my own with another girl and then I done it with two boys out of the youth service before as well. And did you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. And and what about you, Ava? I've never done it, but I would be open to doing it. You'd be open to doing it as well. Yeah. And tell me, there, there, there's always this talk that, you know, in women in the media as well, like jobs for women in the media. Now, we see our national broadcaster has more and more women yeah, coming on, on, on stream these days. Is that something that you might aspire to? 
yeah, I'd like to look into it and see what it's like. You'd like to do something like yeah. that, would you? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Emma? I'd like to do something like that because I love talking. Yeah, I never stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is that something that you, you, you think about? Going to, are, you, are you both leaving cert or junior cert? Or? Uh, we did a junior cert last year. Last year, so you're in the... Fourth year. The fourth year. Oh, it's fourth and fifth year now, is it? It's, it's, it's transition year, is yeah. that it? Yeah. So what kind of... Uh, is there projects within transition year that relate to women's activities that you're doing this year? Um, Kind of an SPHG. They have to kind of touch on it. But I wouldn't say many projects have been done on it. Yeah. Just like the basics we've been told, like about violence and abuse and probably reproductive rights as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose they're very important, obviously, yeah. as well. But, but also, I suppose there's, there's a bigger picture as well, I suppose, that equality rights, as you say. And, and do you feel that confident that maybe going forward that your careers will not be impeded by the fact that you're women? Yeah, I hope so. Hope so? Yeah. And that. Times have changed, Stephanie. And yeah. do, you, do you feel that they're changed for the better or for the worse? Changed for the better. Yeah. Definitely, better. they can only yeah. get better. Compared to years ago. Yeah, way better. Way, way better. That's good to, it's good to hear anyway. And for yourselves, you're, you're putting on a fundraiser. Um, what's the fundraiser made of? It's a bingo fundraiser. Um, it's a bingo and tea and coffee day for women. We mainly focused on like the older side of the community rather than the younger. Yeah. Because that was just kind of what we And why would you on. why would you concentrate on, on the older community? I just feel like young people kinda of get enough. It's like let's give the older side of the community something to do, get them out of the house for a while. Yeah, yeah. So you want the older community to come to the bingo? Yeah. yeah. And that but the young people are invited to in Brazil, are they? Of course. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And why did you pick bingo? I know the way you said that for older is that because older people like bingo. Everyone enjoys bingo. Everyone enjoys bingo. Yeah. Of course, we, we had during COVID, yeah. you know, which was on the national airwaves as well, the bingo that was taking place down here in O'Reilly House yeah. uh, as well. Is that something that kind of got you thinking maybe that, you know, that's why we'd like to have a, a, a bingo session? Yeah, when you choose bingo, most people show up because it's bingo. Everyone yeah, it's a is, chance to yeah. win money or prizes, so yeah, yeah. getting something out yeah. of it. And as you said, there's tea and coffee and biscuits and all that, so yeah. it's a social yeah. evening as well. And it's going to take place here in the, in the centre, is it? Yeah, on March 8th. March 8th, and what time? Six, Six to eight. Six to eight. Yeah. Uh, and who's going to have you an MC lined up or anything like that? So, you know, the bingo caller or anyone... So it's all going to be done by us, like the young people in Ricky's. Yeah. Instead of letting, like, leaving it all up to the actual youth workers, like Brendan, Stephen, Ali. Yeah, and yeah. And more. So, so you're, you're doing it yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah, they'll all be there watching us, but we, like, have all got, like, jobs to do, so, like, I think we're tea and coffee, aren't we? Yeah. And then your friends are, like, bingo callers and... and Oh, so that's, the, that's you, the people well. from Ricky's will be doing the bingo call yeah, and yeah. all that as well. And you're doing the teas and coffees. And it's only, what's it, five euro in? Is it five euro? Yeah, five euro. Five euro. And will you have prizes as well? Yeah. Small prizes? Yeah. yeah, and there'll be a raffle, I believe, as well. Yeah. So you have a raffle on the night as yeah. well. Another and chance to win. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. And when did you come up with this idea? Well, a couple of weeks Three ago. Three weeks ago. Is that all? Yeah. Oh, pretty good. See, so you've, you've, you've 
you've actually put the, the event on very very quickly in date yeah. yeah and you have your poster ready to go up yeah and around the place and uh, you're looking forward to lots and lots of people coming on the night yeah absolutely Hopefully. well we wish you every success and uh, we keep promoting it here on uh, Rick Radio and uh, hopefully it all goes well. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us. That's all from the Community News Desk this week. My thanks to our guests, Ava Dixon, Emma Gannon and Helen Walsh. And to the Rick Radio team, Dylan, Ronan and Ben on sound and editing, Leslie on admin, Jennifer on social media and Darren on the website. If you would like to contact us, our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com. That's rickradio2020 at gmail.com. From me, Mick, take care and have a great week. <laughs>